Welcome back to Knowledge Drop. My name is Derek. And my name is Josh. Hey Josh, how's it going? Pretty good, man. I'm happy to be here. Good. I'm excited because uh, there's a lot of math in this episode and uh, I'm interested to get your take because you've got a good um, skeptical mind. It's not skeptical. You, you, how do I, I'm trying to describe this better. You've got a, a good mind for not taking things at face value. How about that? Yeah, I, I'm definitely a person, not impulsive at all. If a decision, <laughs> if a decision's in front of me, I definitely take a while to evaluate it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's pretty similar to most most of my approaches. Yeah. In anything. No, so. I, I I appreciate it too. Um, let's uh let's start with our fun fact first. Oh, okay. Here's here's one. What letter does every odd number have? Every odd number. There's like one, three, five, E? E. Fun fact. Yeah, okay. every every odd number has like a letter it. E in it. I like it. it. No, it's, since, it's since we're talking math, we'll keep it we'll keep it within numbers. <laughs> number so. base, yeah. I like it. Um awesome. Thanks. I uh so just to jump into it, how do you feel about electric cars? We've done some episodes together about electric cars before. Um but overall, what do you think? I mean, I think the technology is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the sense that everything becomes instantaneous, um, and through that you're able to get really quick modes of acceleration through yeah. high high torque. Yeah. Um, and it's a blast to drive, and it's a blast to be in. Um. And and so yeah, towards towards the general technology, it's it's fun. It's a good time. Okay. Good. Good. Um, good to know. I want to preface this episode with a, uh, I talk about Tesla a lot, not because I am just a Tesla fanboy. He's a huge Tesla fanboy. But, but they've been around the longest and they have the most data that I can rely on. That's fair. So I do acknowledge there are other good electric cars out there. And people are doing fantastic work in the electric car arena. I just have not been able to find nearly as much data around their cars, especially with how long Teslas have been operating. Um, and I also am not talking about hybrids. Okay. I don't. I'm not a big fan of hybrids, but that's a different that's, different episode. Okay. We we'll get there. Um, we'll get there. I also want to preface that uh, if you are going to ask me what car is best, electric car, gas car, diesel. My answer will be whatever is going to fit the job the best. I think that is going to surprise a lot of people that know me that they think that I'm just going to recommend electric for everything. When I I recognize that electric car is not the answer, it's not the silver bullet for everything. Yeah, and I, th- I think we hit hit on that a little bit in the fuel cell versus yes, um, I guess hydrogen fuel yeah, cell versus regular battery. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, and I. Yeah, I'm just, I guess, reiterating that. Um, but I was challenged by some coworkers on a couple of electric vehicle points, and it sent me down a rabbit hole of, of uh, justification through data mm. that I thought you would enjoy the journey um, as well as uh, my coworkers because my coworkers were like, whoa. Uh, which is why I've, I'm going to name this episode Electric Car Woes. <laughs> not like w-o-e but like w-h-o-a 
Okay. Whoa, not whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Cool. All right, man. Well, cool little play on words. Let's get into it then. Um. So let's see. I've got a couple of... Hang on. Let me see. There are... There are seven concerns that people have in general when it comes to electric cars. All right. Let's see if you let's see how many you can name. This is a little guessing game. Um range would be one. Range anxiety is number one. Range Good anxiety, yeah. Okay. Um I would say tax on the power grid. Uh we do touch on the power grid. Yep. Um, charging availability per, you know, if, if you're a homeowner, you can easily install a charger, but elsewhere it may be more difficult. Yep. Charging time, charging availability, charging infrastructure. Yep. Yep. Touch on that. Um, I would probably say, you know, battery life, cost to replace battery, everything kind of yeah. regarding battery health. Okay. What am I at? How many was that? Three I think or four? Five, uh, four. Yep. Four. Four. Um, I mean, I, I have a couple car friends who just dis dislike it because you they're not like you know past once you get it they're not cars you can really work on they're not highly customizable stuff like that Ooh, so they're not, they're not like car guys yeah, cars yeah yeah I didn't touch on that but that's a good point because they're they're very um I mean you could build your own to be fair but mm-hmm. that's probably not what they want to do yeah so anyway I I didn't touch on that but that's a really good point. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Let me know if you need a hint. Sure. Well, f- for sake of time, we'll, we'll take a hint. <laughs> um, the one that you missed, uh, environmental concerns. Oh, not, sure. With the batteries. Not just, not just with the batteries, but with like, where's my energy coming from that I'm charging the vehicle with? Yeah, sure. Um, I should have known that. I touched on that on my own. <laughs> and then the, the other one is this EVs are expensive. Yes, uh, we'll get into it. We'll yeah, I, I, I want to. We'll go a little in order of how my notes are, but um, I think so. Going into range anxiety, I think it's an interesting idea that we've kind of cemented in our heads, and I think it's a complete mental game because when EVs were first around, let's just say uh, I have a, a graph here. In 2010, the average range for electric cars was 80 miles per charge. Range anxiety. Range anxiety. Fair. Just give a guess on what the average range for electric cars are today. I would say like most base models, I think, are you can probably get around 300, maybe up to 350. The average is 210 per charge. Per charge. Yeah. So in the span of, or sorry, in 2020, the average was 210. So it's probably gone up in the last three years. But that's more than double in 10 years. The range has increased. Yeah, I mean, 200 is still a little bit on the less side. But it, it seems like, and I'm not familiar with all Tesla models, but it seems like most Tesla models, if their reading's accurate, which people say it's not always accurate, but it seems like most of it comes out right around 300. Yeah, yep. And so most, especially if we're talking about mainly Tesla, it seems like, Yeah. especially yep. Tesla, it's at least 300. I just, and... If you look at the average distance you travel across America for your commute, it's about 35 miles a day. So, electric cars, one like for me, that's their mo- that's their best use case is a commuter. 
I 100% agree. Yeah, I've also read the same thing. It's like thir- most people, 30 to 60 miles round trip is their yeah. average commute. Even yeah. even, And I know some people that have traveled like 60 miles there and back, so 120 round Ugh. trip. But e- even then, even yeah. then, that's 120 miles. Enough. Yeah, more than enough range. And you're fueling at lower cost. Mm-hmm. You have less maintenance because you have less moving parts. Yep. And you're, you're just going from A to B. It's exactly, it's a commuter car. Yeah. Every day of the week. Um, and I'll ask you this. In the 10 years that range has, uh, you know, been a thing, uh, it's gone up over double. Do you think that it's going to, one, stay the same, two, go down, or three, go up? Well, it's definitely going to go up. And, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're already seeing that, yes. right? Yes. Um, but... At that level, you know, two X every ten years, probably not. Because oh, yeah, probably not that. You're gonna you're gonna run into just like energy density um, limits like, and yeah, your atomic particle storage capacity. Like your, yeah, uh, and, energy I mean, density stuff like that. New types of batteries or, or different things might come along, but I think yeah, you know, once you hit four or five hundred miles and you know, kind of make making that up. But once you get mm-hmm. up there, you start getting a little bit more into aerodynamics to shave off just a little bit. But yeah. And I think we also touched on this a little bit in your episode with on hydrogen fuel cells that battery chemistry, like it's still very much, uh, we're in the beginning stages of figuring that out. Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting. We'll see how, and people are using AI to come up with new battery chemistries that mm-hmm. we're testing and things like that too, which is really cool. The best, the best I know of, I, I don't remember, um, the name, the name of the car, but it was a Mercedes concept car that got mm-hmm. like a, it was like 900 miles of range. Yeah. yeah. It's the current world record. Yeah. Um, and so classically my friends at, at work were like, well then the, the worst case scenario for an EV is long range trips. Yep. And I wanted to challenge them a little bit on that. So I went down a rabbit hole of uh, road tripping in electric cars and this still kind of relates to range anxiety. And um, I went on to, there are no official, I'm prefacing that there are no official guidelines for how long you should be in the car at a time. But road trippers, people who like road trip, like that's their, their yep. blogging lifestyle, whatever. They, and not just one source, I found like uh, three, three sources saying, uh, for, for two hours. That's kind of like the max. We're like bathroom breaks and refueling and food and stuff like that. Tiny bladders. Yeah. You know. You know what I mean. That's horrible. Um, two hours? Come on. That's your profession? And, That's your profession? <laughs> the, I mean, they're not like racing. They're just like, you know, Instagrammers trying to take pictures yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I, you know I guess I mean? so. I guess so. Um, and then obviously every time you stop, it's like, what, a, a 15 minute break at, at most? At the very most. So, with those two assumptions in mind, two hours driving, 15-minute stop, the Tesla supercharger, in 15 minutes, you get 200 miles of range. Um, Oh, also, if you're road tripping with kids, I did find a source that said that children, it's recommended not to keep them in the car seat for more than two hours at a time, Um, especially little, like, like babies um because they also have to you know eat and stuff but that's yeah whatever Mm -hmm. um the other assumptions that i made uh 
8 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's like a nine-hour day of driving. Um, normal terrain. Yeah, relatively flat. Okay. Average speed, 70 miles an hour. Like okay. These are all pretty... Yep. Uh, safe assumptions. Safe assumptions, thank you. And then uh, if you go the speed limit, 70 miles an hour, and you're going for nine hours, your best-case scenario is 630 miles a day. Yep. The Tesla Model 3 long range can go 333 miles per charge. Half that. What? No. We're, no. I'm just I'm just taking it at face value. No, 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 no. And I'm just saying in, in one charge, it can go half of the total possible. What do you mean? Range at 330 and then total distance traveled 690. It's relatively half. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes, I'll get to that. You're you're jumping ahead. Your oh, math brain. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then I I have a Honda Civic, so I just got the 2021 Honda Civic specs. With that car, um, 32 mile or 42 miles a gallon on the highway, you can go 521 miles per tank. Okay. Now, if you break that down, um, if you can go 521 miles per tank and you have 630 miles to go. It's 1.2 stops. Yep. But you can't stop 0.2 times. Yeah. So you round up to two stops. Well, if you leave on a full tank of gas, you only need one stop. I mean... No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Yes. Yes. We'll say that. Right? Um, I mean, right? Okay, yeah. Who doesn't leave on a full tank of gas? We, no, we can do that. We'll, we'll do that. It, I just counted the math out to 1.2 times. It's two. Two stops. Whatever. One, one stop. Um, for a full day of driving, two stops, that's pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, a Tesla, for that 333 miles, that's 1.89 stops, which is the, the same. Well, yeah, this one has to be two stops. Two stops. This one has to be two stops. Okay, I'm just... No, I'm, I'm just saying because 330 plus 330 is 660, so you still have 30 miles left. So you're going to have to stop twice, even if you start on a full charge. I, I broke it down even more. Okay. So uh, with the Tesla specifically, 70 miles an hour, in two hours you're going 140 miles. If you start with the uh, the 630 miles and you go two hours at 70 miles an hour, and then you stop for 15 minutes, you now have another 630 miles. So, do you say, I mean, like, you drop down from 630? So 330. Or, sorry, I'm just saying, like, total mileage, yep. uh, how many miles you can travel a day, 630. Oh, okay. You drive for two hours, you drive 140. And then that... But that's only half your your tank or your charge yeah and you can and you charge up all the way minutes, all the you way charge up all the way so you just stop every two hours for 15 minutes and you can go on indefinitely i did stretch it and i said okay if you're going 630 miles and let's just say you did 260 miles in two hours it's 130 miles an hour average speed by the way yeah what are we cannonballing <laughs> setting the cannonball record uh then you have 570 miles of uh of range or of, of left and so you can not sorry i'm not explaining this right because i'm looking at the math and i'm trying to verbalize it basically i i did all the math of like what if you were going to be traveling faster and faster yeah like one of these is like 130 miles per hour 
if you're following that two hour cadence and you're charging each mm-hmm. time, you're you're not going to run out unless you're traveling more than two hundred miles per two hours. Yes. Which means you're gonna be traveling a lot faster than you actually should. Correct. So then is there anything stopping <clears throat> is there anything stopping you from just going indefinitely? Because the largest distance between two chargers, I found uh, these are Tesla chargers because they have the largest charging network. Yep. Um, the largest distance between two chargers is uh, Rollins, Wyoming, and Casper, Wyoming, which is 119 miles. Yeah, and there's nothing in Wyoming anyway, so yeah. we're all right. So, and I bet you anything that that's also the distance between gas stations. <laughs> And so 119 miles, that's nothing. Like 330 miles, you make, like, the the good thing about Tesla is their infrastructure is built into the car, so now it will tell you where you can, where you should be fueling up and stuff like that. Um, so different, different math calculation. You start at 630 miles. Let's just say you travel the full charge, 333 miles, and then you you have 297 miles left. Mm-hmm. You charge for 15 minutes. You get 200 miles. You can go another two hours and get 140 miles. Basically, I'm saying you're you're not going to... Your road trip is not as dire as you would think it is with an electric car. Yeah, so ba- based on your assumptions of stopping every two hours, either with kids for their benefit or just the average time you pulled... And each stop lasting a maximum of 15 minutes. It doesn't matter if you're in a electric car or a gas car. It's going to take the same time to get from A to B on a road trip. Yeah. Well, over time, because a gas fill-up is only four minutes versus 15 minutes, that will stack up. So if you're going from, like, I did the math from Arizona to Wyoming or uh, Wisconsin. But, but like, I mean, quick, quick, quick quick counter to that four minutes i mean four minutes flip gas but like you said you're going inside to use the bathroom maybe get some snacks so yeah you probably round it up to eight ten minutes i was giving the gas car the benefit of the doubt because if you i i think you'll be surprised how little it's gonna change your arrival time so arizona to wisconsin 1800 miles uh, about 1900 miles yep um google says it's 3.2 days and then my math with the nine-hour uh, time frame, it's a little less than three. So I just said three days. This is this is interesting because I've made this drive. So I know. Why do you think I picked it? Oh, I good, picked it for good. you. Um, if you were to just go s- straight out flat with a Honda Civic and an EV, the Honda Civic, it's three point six stops for gas. Okay. And if that's if you're like rotating drivers and just you're just cannonballing it like you were saying um that's eight minutes of fuel time from here to there total you said 3.6 stops yeah four minutes a stop yeah so that's Uh, that's almost 16 it's like 14 minutes yeah yeah you're right uh with the ev it's 5.6 stops which is three hours so 16 minutes three hours wait three hours of charge of charge time total from there to there. Oh, because you you need to stop for longer than fifteen minutes. Yeah. Okay. Or because you're stopping so many times, so fifteen times five point six. 
Yeah, that's not three hours. That is one hour and fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do it right. Er, sorry. Uh, good thing you're a math guy and you can double check my math. Yep. All uh, right. So we're anyway. we're at seventy five minutes compared to roughly uh, fifteen e- minutes. Even if it was three hours, uh, the total time you're in the car, the like three days, it's less than five percent difference of your arrival time. Okay. Less than five percent difference. It's it's if you were going to get there at three p.m. versus six p.m. <clears throat> so what? Three day. Okay. Fair enough. I, S- small I just, difference. I don't know. I I was breaking this down, and yes, I did a little wrong, but more or less the message is there that it's not as horrible as people think it is. Yes. You're agreeing, or well, I, I'm saying ba- based off that, yes. Yeah, based off of math. Now, given you're not traveling over mountains, there's no cold weather, there's you know other things that are influencing the car's range. I, th- and if I can start to elaborate the counter argument now. Oh sure. Um, so I I think the first first thing is most likely. I mean, maybe now since their infrastructure is built out a little bit, but most likely you can't take the same exact route between a gas car and mm. and an electric car because I, I would assume that the gas car would have to could travel less miles instead of going out of the way for you know electric chargers. You yeah. probably mapped the same. Uh, I don't know if you mapped two chargers or not, but. If you map to chargers one, that route would probably change a little bit. Uh, I am I am going to compare routes, and I'm also going to redo the math because that's embarrassing. So that's that's uh, number one. Number two is um, at these huge gas fill up stations, like you know, spread throughout the country. There's um, obviously I almost never go to a gas station unless it's Costco where there's mm. you know pumps full. Yeah. And, you know, I obviously haven't personally experienced, but I've heard, you know, you go to a charging station and it's full. I've heard that a lot in like LA. But yeah. I've and, of... you know, maybe, maybe that's regional. Yeah. But so now what if you go and so now you're waiting 15 minutes for somebody mm-hmm. and then you get in US and then you have to charge another 15 minutes. True. So that, so that compound wait. And, but that's a temporary problem. Fair point. But still, is there a bigger is there a bigger lag? Because, because like you said, I can cycle a car every four minutes on a gas pump, as opposed to every, we'll call it fifteen minutes on mm-hmm. an electric charge. So if you have to wait your turn, how do those cycle times uh, affect each other? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then third, I don't know who this average Instagram influencer is who only can drive two hours. Hey, I checked three different sources. Um. So what? So my brother and I drove it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we started in Flagstaff. Because he, he had an apartment up there, so we started there, and we drove and switched every four hours. So we went from you, you did like the Le Mans, yeah, nice. And so four hours, you know, uh, I forget what the mileage was, but it, it pretty much got us to empty on our car. So we bathroom break, fill up on gas, grab a snack, and off we went. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, I think it's like twenty six hours total drive time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we did it in. I want to say like plus eight hours, like in 34 hours. Cause we, uh, our uncle lives in, uh, Kansas city, Missouri, Nice, which is on, on route. So yeah. we spent the night there, had breakfast and on we went. Okay. So I don't know who's doing this in three point 
seven days, but I we did it in you know one point uh, four. There may have been some traffic involved because Google Maps does like account for traffic at the time of day, and I think when I checked it, it was like afternoon time. Oh, that's fair. Um, but that see, like if I was, if you were pushing that pace more than seventy miles an hour, mm-hmm. I, I wonder, you know, how much range you start to take off. Yeah. If you were racing, I don't think it, it's a fair Well, not even racing, but I, we weren't going 70. I mean, we were going a little faster than that. Yeah, I'll I mean, bet not, you were. Not, not to criminalize <laughs> ourselves here or anything, um, but we made good time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and, and like you said, I mean, it's mostly flat between here and there. Yes, that definitely helps. Um, but, like, can I push that hard where I'm, I'm going four hours five minute stop, four hours, five minute stops in an EV where you're going to, cause now you have to, you know, plan, plan your stops a little bit. How much do you lose of going off course? Mm-hmm. I wonder how much, and it, and it might not be, you know, maybe it's 10%. Um, and when you say 10%, people are like, Oh, that's not a lot. And then you're like seven hours. And then people are like, Wow, that's way too much. You know? So it's like, it's interesting here how like a percentage is like 5%. I'm like, I could care less if yeah, I get there 5% hours. later. But then some people are like, Ah, I don't three hours later mm-hmm. and maybe on you know the three-day trip it's that's easier to stomach than if you're trying to you know drive straight through but um no it is definitely more feasible for sure for sure than I thought but I think some of those logistical problems are still in place today which mm-hmm. gives people the ranging range anxiety um no those are very good points I wouldn't I want to add that the average distance between chargers is 60 miles, 60 to 80 miles. Mm-hmm. And then if you, let me see if I can. So right now, um, Fisker, Ford, GM, Honda, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Polestar, Rivian, Volvo, all are converting to use the Tesla charging system, which is going to clog up the existing network. It is going to clog up, but it's also going to allow them to build their infrastructure even bigger. Yes. So now it's going to accelerate that these things are going to be even more. Um, so I found out they they actually track this. There's a gas pumps per thousand miles. Yep. And a charging, uh, not just a, so the I came across there are gas stations and they're charging uh, stations, but per pump or per charging port. Yep. There's 104 gas pumps per thousand miles in the United States on average. Okay. And there are 22 charging ports per thousand miles in America right now, which I'm like, okay, we're 20% of gas stations. That's not bad. Not at all. Um, but if you really wanted to know, there are about 20 billion electrical outlets in America. 20 billion? 20 billion. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of those are commercial. I'll, uh, I'll give you that. A little over half. But uh, yeah, there are definitely more. There are 145,000 gas stations in America, which I thought was sounded pretty low. Um, but yeah, I, I, I broke that math down and more or less it's, it's right given the assumptions and all that. I'm going to go back and check it and make it better Mm -hmm. Um, and i'll probably even drop it on the podcast description notes so people can check it out too but the next 
point I'd like to talk about is the uh, the upfront costs of an electric. Because right now, you, <clears throat> we're we're kind of at a point where it's it's cheaper to make an electric car, but it's not necessarily cheaper to buy one right now. On average, new cars are like twenty five to thirty five thousand dollars, which is shocking. Yep. Um, but uh, starting soon, I found this out today. Actually, the you know the EV tax credits you can get when you buy a new one. It's mm-hmm. like seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah. You used to have to wait to get that back in your tax refund. Okay. Now it's going to be be immediate. Oh, and so almost like a a down payment per se. Yeah. Okay. So now people are going to be able to get that directly, like uh. Let's say I went to a dealer that was selling electric cars. I could give it to them directly, and then they don't have to wait around for it. Mm-hmm. So now dealers are liking electric cars more because they can sell them better and get you know money back for it. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, Tesla also this past week reduced the price of their one. I think it was the Model Y by twenty five percent. Yeah, isn't that? That's incredible. That is crazy and probably really frustrating for all the people that had bought a Model Y just before he dropped the price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and this is, it's something called the economy of scale. I don't know if we've talked about that before, but obviously when you're mass producing something, if, you ma- if you're producing one thing, all of the tooling that you bought has to, the cost of those things have to, have to be put into the cost of that one thing you made. Yep. Versus if you're making 10 million uh, cars, the cost of that tooling can be distributed among all of those cars. So the more you make, the cheaper it becomes. Exactly. And I Um, think... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, just one more thing. The Model Y, if you look at most popular EVs in the world, the Model Y is the most popular EV. The second most is half the amount. And it's some Chinese car. Hmm. So the Model Y is selling twice as many as the next best-selling electric car in the world, which I thought was shocking. So the the, the economy of scale is really starting to go into favor for, for Tesla, at least. And obviously, it's going to affect other manufacturers as well. But Yeah. And I think, I think to add to that, too, it's so many of these uh, car companies, electric car companies specifically, um, Tesla, Rivian, Lucid, they're all new. Yeah. Um, and you've seen it very common that these new companies are starting la- are starting their launch with um, high-end cars mm-hmm. that you can make margin on because they don't have that scale. So they still have to make mm-hmm. margin on it. And so you can't make big margin on an economy entry-level car yeah. that you're not producing scale of. Yep. And so that's the other reason bearing entry is high because all of these guys, you know, they're a little bit behind Tesla they're just finishing these high-end models yeah. and maybe they'll look or maybe, maybe they won't, but you know, they're going to start to work towards that scale, scalability mm-hmm. and um, different offerings that reach everybody. And even when you look at uh, a Ford or GM, there is a lot of cost in researching and developing and implementing this new innovation in cars. Yeah. And so they, like you said, they have this huge cost that now they have to shell out. And they're also, I mean, uh, the Hummer is super high end. Um, 
uh, the the Machi Mustangs, an upper end car, right? They're, oh they're, yeah, the, it, they're they're starting with busters. they're starting with these high end cars, yeah. Just just like everybody else, even though they're old companies, because mm-hmm. that's that's how you have to start. Yeah, you have to start building out the tooling and setting up your supply chain and, and things like that. Yep. Um, another just kind of side note because we've been we've mentioned Lucid a few times. Um, this comes from Graham Stephan. Ooh, we like him. Uh. This this kind of made me sick a little bit to hear this, but the uh, the CEO of Lucid Motors earned three hundred seventy nine seventy nine million dollars in twenty twenty two. Three hundred seventy nine million dollars, that's more than the CEOs of Apple, Microsoft, and Google combined. In like, I I assume like stock options, right? Uh, he didn't do a, an analysis of like what that entailed. Um, but here's like the shocking part is the revenue for Lucid Motors in 2022 was 600 million dollars. Yeah, and that's I mean, so not only are like this is kind of outside of the scope of me talking about EVs and the problems that they're trying to overcome, because Nikola, Nikola is another electric company that also <laughs> that rolls hard cars down hills. <laughs> They they did some shady things and that that really tanked their their you know their trust that the public was that has in them, um, and so yeah that that's just kind of a side note that I I found recently when I was preparing for the episode that I was like man this is is something something yeah. else and it's just a bummer I mean a lot of people go to oh you're not you know you could pay that across your employees and yada 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 but also yeah. looking just more towards the car development you could use that and. Uh, in so many different ways to to mm-hmm. get up. Well, uh, on top of that, the Lucid Sapphire, I think that's their top uh, model. They're, uh, they're super high-end model. They okay. only made like 40 of those cars last year. They lost a lot of money on each sale of those. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. a lot. I'm, I'm thinking like 40000 or $60,000 per car. That's a tough way um, to run a business. Yeah. So, I, I'm a little worried. Um I, I want them to, to make it, but if the if things like this keep happening, I don't know. It, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, any other thoughts about charging distances travel? No. Okay. Um, so we have a mutual friend who his favorite story to tell about electric cars was the uh, Tesla chargers were set up in a Walmart parking lot. And they were hooked not to the grid, but to diesel generators. <laughs> and the concern is that your EV is no better than any other uh, ICE car because of, of where you're getting your electricity from. Yeah. I mean, which is a super interesting argument. It's I, I, I had a little bit of a look into like just how energy's grids were managed. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I took a class, uh, last semester and, and I mean, it's not wrong. I mean, renewable energy is becoming a bigger, bigger chunk, but Mm -hmm. a large portion is still driven, um, by, uh, non, non renewable. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to show these, uh, this is why I said I was going to post these, uh, these graphs. So this is from the U S energy information administration. And it's graphs detailing uh, primary energy production in the United States, um, as well as the consumption. Um, and then the cost of fuels 
just different graphs over time. And so over time, the first graph of energy production, you can see like in the last 10 years, 13 years, coal has just dramatically dropped off. Um, and then crude oil and natural gas have shot up. Yep. Renewables is kind of making an uptick. Slowly. Slowly. Not as much as I wanted it to be. And I was also really sad to see that nuclear is like on the downtrend. But we've talked about nuclear. And I just, I thought that this energy mix, like, yes, I'm glad that coal is is almost dead. Because that is definitely like the most dirty of the fossil yeah. fuels. And I mean, it's funny you say it's almost dead because it's still, still, um, <laughs> it's still producing more yeah, than both nuclear out. and uh, renewable energy. Yeah. Um, and then if you look at the second graph with the primary energy consumption, so this is what we're, we're, we're using um, yep. per grid. Um, a lot of it is petroleum, natural gas, and then coal, nuclear, and renewables are almost about the same. Yep. Accor- um, in 2020. So about three years ago was the last time this was, was taken. Um, but in general, I think I'm okay with the trend, even if it's slower than what I'd like it to be. Um, yeah, and in and, and both these graphs, you know, n- nuclear is, I would say, plateauing. I don't think it's decreasing, but it's, yeah, it's just, at, yeah, in the late, those last couple administrations, it's, it's lost its emphasis. And, yes, yeah. Un- unfortunately. Um, and then, yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, that if you look at, so the last graph I have on here is cost of fuels to end user in, like, dollar amount. Um, and I thought it was really interesting that the residential electric cost is higher than most of the other ones, but they're ve- it's very stable. Yeah. Like across, you know, how, how far does this go back to the 1960s? Uh, the cost of electricity to the end user is give or take the same versus the, you know, the motor gasoline and the, the residential natural gas stuff like that it's like it goes through this like really big uptick and cycle like of very expensive to very cheap bounces around a lot yeah very very cyclical which to me you know recently we've had like a huge uptick in gas and everyone that's what everyone wants to talk about is man gas is so expensive yeah the cost of electricity has not gone up nearly as much if at all and to me that's a huge plus for electric vehicles is if i can use that grid energy instead of having to fill up that's that's a big plus for me yeah i mean it definitely has to be cheaper even though i will say gas this like last couple weeks has dropped like 50 cents and it's been great so (laughs) keep keep it coming yeah um i also dug into battery degradation and it is a legitimate concern i'll give you that but it's very manageable there are obviously, you know, like drivetrains on ICE cars, there's warranties on yep. batteries. Um, but the average car ownership duration is eight years. And so I compared the rate of degradation versus the rate of decrease in miles per gallon. So an EV, on average, Tesla is kind of an exception to this, but on average, it's one to 2% a year. Okay. Um, an ICE car, and this is 
this is not because the engine is obviously the engine is starting to get a little worn, but also the technology is not nearly as good uh, now versus you know ten years ago. Yep. But uh, ten years ago required thirty to thirty-five percent more fuel to go the same distance as it does today. Oh wow! So if you kind of annualize that, that's a three percent degradation. If you have a ten-year-old car, so a three percent. Obviously, is more than the one to two percent per year. So your ice car from ten years ago is depreciating. You're not depreciating. Your uh, your range is going down more in a gas car than an electric car. I thought that was interesting. And I will say also that not everyone maintains their car as well as they should, and so this doesn't account for that also. Yeah, but I guess to argue for the electric vehicle, it's a lot easier to maintain an electric vehicle Mm -hmm. than uh, yeah an internal combustion engine car. Um, and then if you, this is the only thing that is kind of yikes, but if you did have to replace the engine in a Honda Civic versus the uh, batteries, which is a way bigger expense than replacing the motors of an electric car, um, an engine swap for a Honda Civic is four to $6,000, which to me sounds low, but that's just the average cost that I found. The 2013 Tesla Model S battery swap is between thirteen and twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, um, which was just yeah, that was the only thing I can like. Oh, man, there's no way that it can compete with gas cars in that way. Um, yeah. I will say I think it's going to get better though. So Teslas and all all cars have just a stupid amount of sensors now. They monitor their own health. They monitor everything. I think that battery monitoring per cell and overall battery health and all of those things are going to improve, and it's going to help the battery be healthier longer. Yeah, and I guess maybe relating this to more more people and even me recently, you know, I through phone batteries. Mm-hmm. That, and from what what I've seen, it's like generally batteries go to like degrade down to like eighty ish percent, and then kind of kind of stick around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that eighty percent, you feel it. Like I didn't I didn't realize, but like my last phone, I was having to charge twice a day to make it through a day. Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> and I I just got a new phone, and I can go like two days now. Yeah, full same. charge, and I'm 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 using it more. Yeah. And so when it's, you know, maybe more, um, it affects you more through through a phone than in that car. I, I think you're definitely definitely gonna feel it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But but I hear the batteries still can last a very like, even though you are gonna lose some range. Yeah. Um, from what from what I've heard, if you put a internal combustion engine car against a, an electric car, the electric car will. St- you know, go further total mileage at the end of the day. Yeah. Whether, you know, 500,000 or whatever, just because of the less, less mechanical wear, even if, even if you lose some of that range. So you're, you've jumped ahead a little bit, which I like. I, uh, I found a report, um, done on Tesla vehicles just because they've been out and people have been driving so much. Um, 200,000 miles is generally considered like the end-to-end life of a car. Yep. 
there was a Tesla. They multiple Teslas found that were over two hundred thousand miles with only with like I'd say ten percent or less battery degradation. There was a cab driver who was using a Tesla who'd gone four hundred thousand miles and everything was original. Wow. Um, Even the tires. What's I mean? Sorry, tires. Obviously, are gonna. <laughs> uh, I found it shocking too that the brake pads were original. Oh, that is super impressive. Yeah, because regenerative braking, you just put that energy back in the pack, and you don't have to use your brakes. Have you ever? Um, have you driven a Tesla? Yeah. Have you? I mean, you can almost drive without using the brake pedal. Um, One pedal driving. Okay, not to brag, but I also have not changed my brakes in a very long time because I don't hardly use my brakes. And I know you're not supposed to, but I coast to stops a lot and people get super pissed off about it. Cause I'm like, I can see the red light, like on this, tw- on the 24, yeah. I can see the red light and I just coast into it. And a lot of times I don't even have to stop. That's fair. I, I mean, I'm a um, coaster too, but please get your brakes checked. I, okay. I'll, I'll take a look, but Hey, that, they haven't been squeaking or anything. So, you know, uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, the the report of this said that the batteries will likely outlast the vehicle itself because of how much degradation in 200,000 miles there were, um, which I just thought was bonkers. Yeah. Well, what do they consider uh, a, if a battery reaches 70%, is that considered a, a, a dead battery? I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, when, yeah. When, like when what's the cutoff point? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they didn't mention anything like that. Honestly, I feel like once you can't, if you're charging it every day, like if you get it down to like 80 miles a day, yeah, like that's when you have to kind of call it quits. I mean, I, I would say before that, that but I wonder or, if, yeah, yeah, I'm just if like in general, because it seems like everything goes like 80% then plateaus. So I also wonder what the science behind that limit of degeneration like is. Like cycle life and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to look into that more. Um, my last point is probably my favorite. And I'm just going to point this out that a lot of this slash all of it came from Jerry Rig Everything. Oh, we love Jerry Rig Everything. Uh, his video on when will an electric cook truck actually become green. Mm. Uh, so he con- compares the Rivian uh, R1T or something. Yep. And then the Ford F-150, which is the most popular truck in America. Um, and so I'm basically just representing everything he presented in the, in the episode, but, uh, study done on the manufacturing and extraction of materials for making the car. Yep. Ice cars, six and a half tons of CO2, like uh, emissions. Yeah. Everything included. And this is just materials made. Yeah. So from or, or, from getting things out of the earth to when it drives out of the factory ready to be sold. And then not the emissions throughout its life. Correct. Okay. Just in making the thing. EVs, 16 tons. Wow. So more almost than double. Almost 3x. Yeah, almost three. So right now, gas trucks are more environmentally friendly to produce. Now, this is where the interesting thing comes with the emissions. So the F-150, 25 miles per gallon, which is pretty good for a truck. Um, also have to account the, for the fact that a ICE engine is only 30% efficient. For yeah, every, typically. Like uh, joule, I guess if you want to get technical. Every joule that you put into it, only 
thirty percent of it is used for motion. Yep. All of it else is lost to friction or heat or you know, different things like that. Um, and then also assuming fifteen thousand miles per year, which is the average American distance, um, it'll put out six point seven tons per year. Wow. Um, the Rivian on and you can actually look this up because I in the video he shows Utah's electrical grid and its breakdown. Um, Arizona's actually is pretty dang good. We've got a lot of nuclear. The the Rio Palo Verde plant. Yeah, Palo Verde. I yeah. was gonna say Rio. Rio, no, no. Uh, Palo Verde plant does a lot for us. Um, so it's probably even better than his break even. But if you you can see the graph, I just kind of grabbed it from his video. So 142 grams of CO2 per mile with the 15,000 miles. It's 2.3 tons a year. So yeah, approximately two years they cross. Yep, two then, years. So yes, electric vehicles start higher on the emissions, which, you know, kudos to all the people out there who are like, oh, electric vehicles make more emissions to make them than... Yeah. But two years and you break even. Arizona, it's going to be even better because of so much solar and nuclear. And the average cost of ownership is eight years. Yeah, average average life is eight years. So then so, how much do you save over the last six years? Yeah, so I'm saying you're over the entire lifetime, assuming like 200,000 miles of the, of this Rivian truck versus the Ford F-150, the Ford F-150, almost it's a little over 100 um a hundred tons of CO2 emitted just in emissions versus the electric car, which is 48 tons. Wow. And then I also drew this line or no, he drew this line. If you have solar on your house, which he does, he's charging it from a green source. So it's no emissions. So now it just remains the same and it's 16 emissions. Yeah. The course if of you, never use, if yeah. you never use, you never use a, yeah. So it, and obviously batteries are going to get better. Batteries are going to get cheaper. Um, it just, that was, that was really, really fun for me able to see like the math of like, there is a crossover point of like, yes, technically they're really bad to make and really bad. I'm going to like air quotes, air quotes. Air quotes. Um, I'm sure most of that comes from the battery too. Yes. Yeah. I, Cause all the rest of it's what aluminum. And, I mean, it's the same as the other car. Yeah. Um, and then, some other things I got from his video, Tesla has a 92% recovery with batteries of the materials. 92%. That's super cool. Yeah. And they've also never gotten a battery. They've never allowed a battery to go to the landfill. They've always recycled them. They already have that infrastructure in place to recycle. Does Tesla recycle its own batteries or does it send it to a third they party? They recycle their own batteries. Okay. I don't know if they, if they use that a third party inside of that, but... Yeah. I don't know if they've bought out that company or whatever, but, um, and then we've talked about Lifecycle before. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was going to say. I know um, Lifecycle has recycled yes. some Tesla batteries. So, uh, Jerry rig everything again. He went to Lifecycle after I did. I'm just, I'm just throwing yes, that out yeah, there. You were, you were a uh, early adopter. We'll say, <laughs> um, but Lifecycle, they, you know, anything from like Nokia, like ancient Nokia batteries to DeWalt drill batteries to an EV battery. The whole battery pack. The whole thing. Like you just drop it in this giant shredder. It goes in. It gets through this like crazy dis- like solvent. Um, and all the materials are sorted out. Yep. All the plastic, all the 
um, paper, all the metals, everything. Um, and they have a really cool system. You've obviously seen it. Um, but I love that it's a closed loop system. The water they have, they'll never need more. Nope. Which is fantastic in a desert environment when mining companies all around us are just gobbling up so much, uh, so much water. And then, um, all the things that they're able to recycle from the from this assembly line: plastic, gold, lithium, nickel, aluminum, and steel. All of that, ninety five percent recovery, which is bonkers. Um, but yeah, all of those things just go to say of like electric vehicles are not going away, and they are getting much much better. Uh, it's also I found cheaper to produce an electric vehicle than it is to make a gas car. Yeah, and I mean, that's largely in part because your component total is way less. Yes, uh, Tesla specifically with those gigapresses, the entire frame is three pieces instead yeah. of, I think it's like 150 pieces that other gas cars are made out of. But then even think about your like engine block. You don't need yeah. an engine block with all your yeah. uh, cylinders and... I I am going to work on like a breakdown of ownership over the course of an EV's life, mm-hmm. like what it costs gas versus EV. So I'm still working on that, but um, I don't know. I I thought it was a really cool um, just dive in. Yes, I did some of the math. And I'm going to redo it because I just I I'm bugged, so I'm going to have to redo it. But um, my parting thought is this: I think in the same way that someone that we would look at someone driving a coal powered car, not that they existed, but a coal powered car, we're going to see the, in, we're going to see the internal combustion car. Yeah. Slowly. And it, and we, I'll, I'll say, I'll add this on because it, that might come across wrong and that's not how I want it to come across. Um, in the 19th century, when cars were first become becoming a thing, the rich drove ice cars Yep, and the poor rode horses. Now, the rich ride horses and the poor drive ice cars. I think that that is also going to happen, that right now the rich drive electric cars and the poor drive ice cars. Soon it'll be the reverse, that it'll be a luxury thing to have an ice car. Do you think everyone in the U.S. at some point will own an electric car in the, in this century? Yes, uh, sorry, I will say it'll be more than fifty percent of people. Okay, I can I can I can agree with more than fifty percent of people. I think that so because the life of an electric car or of a uh, ice car, we'll just say two hundred thousand miles, twenty five years. I think until we hit like twenty five years from now, so like twenty fifty and beyond, I think that's when we're going to start seeing a lot of electric cars being bought and being used. Um, and that's not to say what if we have AI electric taxis that no one needs a car. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. But it's also um, a, a lot of people like, uh, you know, gas power cars for, for a lot of their own reasons. But now like uh, states, I guess stateside, specifically California, they're trying to push only new new car sales. Everything yeah. after 2030 has to be only electric. Yeah, 2035. And I don't know how I feel about that, but I, 
I understand what they're trying to do, but I don't think that it's the best approach. Let capitalism go, baby. Let capitalism go. If you got if you got the good product, the stuff people want, they'll they'll buy it. Yeah, I think instead of trying to force people to buy electric, I think you should support the electric car companies that are trying to make a good product and make help them make it better. Yep. Because if if electric cars are undeniably better, then people won't think about it twice. They'll just say, oh, it's cheaper. I don't have to pay the gas tax. I don't have to pay maintenance. Yeah. I just, I think for as long as ICEs exist and they're manufactured, there will be a market for them. Yeah. And you know, how that market share in the end uh, ends up, you know, I don't know. But I, I would say um, by the 22nd century, probably over half, over half of Americans yeah. own an electric car. I'd like to see it more, but I think it's a safe bet. It's over yeah. half. Yeah. Uh, I hope this episode was somewhat enjoyable, even if my math was wrong. Um, uh, no, it was, it was super, super enjoyable. Um, and just one, one last quick comment concern as we got out of here. If, mm-hmm. if the, you know, 50% we'll call it own electric cars can the grid handle that today's grid I think it's one of those those things of like we're not going to be able to we're not going to change anything until we need it you know what I mean I hate that like the um, how do they there's a saying of like the uh, it, it circumstances drive innovation yep and so until it's like an emergency or until it's a dire problem, it's not going to happen. Unfortunately. That's, that's fair. I, I've, and I haven't done a whole lot of research into it. I've just, that's, yeah. it's, it's one of the headlines of, mm-hmm. we won't be able to support all this electric cars. What are you guys doing? Why are yeah. you trying to pass this legislation? So I just, I just wanted your quick thoughts on that before we got I mean, out of here today. Yeah. The, the only thing I'll say is like, we didn't think that we could support eight, almost 8 billion people on earth and we did because we figured out smarter ways to farm smarter ways to distribute better ways to you know kill bugs and so touche yeah until I, I think we'll get there i think today we we're probably not there but oh yeah if you could flip a switch and just turn it on everyone has an electric car yeah we'd we'd be toast yeah but um, yeah, I hope you guys listening, third chair, enjoyed uh, enjoyed this episode. You learned a little bit, and um, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.